So I want to talk a little about the appearance of Krishna, which we are observing. We will have the last arti at midnight, because Krishna appeared at midnight. The eighth day of the moon, John Mastami. Mastami means the eighth lunar day of the waning moon. So the appearance of Krishna is discussed uh, basically in a very fundamentally way, a simple way, in the fourth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, where Krishna says, Bahuni me vyati tarani janmani tavacharajuna Tanyaham Sarvani The personality of Godhead said, Many, many births, both you and I, have passed. I can remember all of them. But you cannot, cannot or subdue the enemy. Because Arjuna had asked, Krishna says at the beginning of the chapter, I explained this science a long time ago to Vipassana, the Lord of the Sun, who explained it to Manu, who explained it to Vipassana. Uh, and uh, Arjuna said, well, well Vipassana is, uh, you know, that was a long time ago. How is that possible? And there he said, so, no. We, have both, we were both there. <laughs> uh, I have, you and I have both passed many births, but you've forgotten. Forgotten because Arjuna has changed bodies, but Krishna has not. And then he explains, Ajopisan Adhyatma, Bhutanam Ishvaropisan, Prakritim Swam Adhishtaya Sambhavan Yatmamaya. Although I am unborn, Aja, the first word Aja, means without birth. Although I am unborn, and my transcendental body never deteriorates, Adhyaya, without deterioration. And although I am the Lord of all living entities, I, will, uh, I still appear in every millennium in my original transcendental form. Uh, this is Atma Mayaya, by, by my own energy, his in his own way. Not like we appear and disappear, but he has a different way. And then he gives his mission statement, the general mission statement. Yada yada hi dharmasya, glanir bhavati bharata, abhyutanam dharmasya, tadatmanam sijamyaham. Whenever and wherever there is a decline in religious practice, this is called dharmasya glani, and dharma goes down. And uh, a predominant rise of irreligion, a dharma. At that time, I descend myself. So here is Dharma. Here is Adharma. So Dharma goes up, Adharma goes down, Adharma goes up, and Dharma goes down. It's inverse proportion. So sometimes that happens. That how who's going to set it right? 
So Krishna says, that's when I come. Under certain circumstances. Huh? So he comes at difficult times to set things right. And he said, at that time, Sri Jamyaham, literally I send myself forth. And then he says, continues in his mission statement, Pranachanaya Sadhunam Dinashaya Chedusputam Dharma Sanstapanamartaya Sambhavam Yuge Yuge To deliver the pious, the word is sadhu, to deliver the pious, and Dinashaya Chedusputam and to destroy uh, the miscreants, Duskritam means those who do bad things to destroy the Duskritina and samstapanam artaya dharma and with the purpose of re-establishing dharma sambhavani I admit myself yuge yuge yuga after yuga so he keeps coming why he establishes dharma but in the course of time it goes down. Just like we see here in our city, we have a highway in front of our temple. It's actually a state highway. And the government comes and they pave it and they make it very nice. And then several years passes and it starts to be a mess. Holes start to appear, cracks appear, things start to fall. And so then they come and they fix it again. Because that's the way things are. Things wear out. So if they didn't keep coming, we would have a hard time. So for the same reason, Krishna comes and repairs it. He sets forth also a road, the path of religion. He makes that path in the world. And that path also starts to get misused, and not well marked, and thorns grow up, and whatever. And so he comes and he uh, fixes it. So that's when he comes. But those are the conditions. Similarly, when Krishna appeared 5,000 years ago, uh, it's described at that time. There was, I'll, I'll read a little bit, the conditions uh, that uh, irreligion had arisen and religion was declining. And then he says this very interesting verse which is very important for us to understand tonight. Janma karma chame divyam evam yo vitti tattvataha chakva deham punara janma naitima meti sorajuna. So first he's told about how many times he comes. He comes to the world and he calls it here janma. And he does things. He says already, he told us what he does. So he, he's, and he says, so he uses the word karma, janma karma. Now janma and karma are usually the signs of a conditioned soul. You take birth because of your past karma, and you do things which create future births. Krishna defines karma as those activities which lead to future births in the material world, good or bad karma. So then he says, Janma karma chame. I add also Janma and karma. But then he uses the word divyam. 
it's not ordinary. It's, it's a special kind of janma and karma because it's divya. And he says, uh, uh, concerning that, evan yo veditattvataha, that person who understands my janma and karma, tattvataha, uh, in reality or as it truly is. So you may misunderstand it. So now he wants to talk about there's a correct understanding. What makes this janma and karma divyam? And now he's talking about those who actually understand it. He comes many times. It's recorded. It's explained. It's witnesses. That person who understands, he said, Chakva deham bunara janma naiti janma. That person who understands my jarma and karma, chakva deham, when that person gives up the body, that is, at the time of death, punara janma naiti, for him there is no further birth. Upon leaving this, he doesn't take birth again. Mamiti Sorjuna, but he attains me. What he's saying is that if we understand really, as it really is, Krishna's janma and karma, there's no more janma and karma for us. That is to say, understanding Krishna's appearance and activities makes us liberated. Just understanding that. This is, this is a clear, this is very simple Sanskrit. You know, I took a Sanskrit course in college. And at the end of one year, we are reading verses like this. It's very elementary Sanskrit. And so it's, it's, it's clear. And so Prabhupada says, one who, one who can understand the truth of the appearance of the personality of Godhead is already liberated from material bondage. And therefore, he returns to the kingdom of God immediately after quitting the present material body. So that's a very interesting fact. One who, so he says in here, uh, how that, that Krishna appears. And when he appears, Prabhupada explains, uh, quoting the Upanishads, the one supreme personality of Godhead is eternally engaged in many, many transcendental forms in relationship to his unalloyed devotees. Uh, uh, so, and he says, anyone who understands Lord Krishna to be the supreme, that when he appears here, he is not one of us. He is the supreme Lord. He has eternal existence in the spiritual world and he descends. You know, the word avatar means one who comes down. We, for convenience sake, we use the English word incarnation, but we might as well say avatar since it's also an English word now. Everybody understands it from playing online games or whatever. They've used this word. So it means, but it refers to what the Lord does. He descends. Uh, and he remains the same. He is in spiritual reality, but he appears here in the material world. So he says, uh, anyone who understands Lord Krishna to be the supreme 
and who says unto the Lord, You are the same supreme Brahman, the personality of Godhead, is certainly liberated instantly. Just saying that with full conviction. You, Krishna, you are the supreme personality of Godhead. We are instantly liberated. Prabhupada said the Vedic uh, uh, maxim, Tattva Masi, is actually applied in this case. You, Krishna, you are the supreme Brahman. Then we are liberated. Uh, just by understanding uh, uh, understanding that. And that's the that's the, the purport of his birth, this verse. So he comes, uh, he, because you can also ask this question. Well, yes, Krishna comes and he kindly, he, he uh, enters in works in history, he fixes things up, he destroys the, the uh, evildoers, he uh, reestablishes the pious, but he's all powerful. He doesn't have to come himself. Here we, we to, when Krishna came, there was a huge demon named Kamsa, and he appears, and, you know, goes through so many things. But really, Krishna is, you know, controlling the material energy. All he has to do is pop one strategic blood vessel in his brain, and no more Kamsa. He could do it very easily. So there's a, you know, a deeper reason for his appearance. is to show what the Supreme Personality of Godhead is like. Uh, Prabhupada has said, God is great. And people know that all over the world. But most people do not know how great God is. So, this is ex also explained in the Vedic literature. And I want to read you uh, a verse from the if I can find it, here, here it is, the Brahma Samhita, huh? which is a summary of Krishna's nature. He, uh, it says in the Brahma Samhita, spoken by Lord Brahma, Advaitam, this is describing the Lord, Advaitam Machuktam, Anadim, Anantaruktam, Adyam, Purana Purusham, Novayovanamcha, Vedeshadurlabam, Adurlabam Atma Bhakto. Govindam Adipurusham Tamaham Vajani. I'm worshipping Govinda, who is Adipurusha, the first person, the primeval, original Lord. I'm worshipping him. And now he, he describes him. Advaita, one without a second. Nandu. Achutam, he never decays. He is without any diminution. Anadin, without a beginning. Uh, Anantarupa. Now he says uh, endless forms. First he says Advaitam, one without a second, but endless forms. Uh, so Krishna has many forms. Uh, he's a person. But you may say, oh, well, if Krishna is black, uh, or bluish black, that would limit him because he would be this and not that. But he also is red. And he's also golden. He has Ananta Rupa. Many, many forms. He's a rainbow coalition of his very own. So he's not limited. Ananta Rupa. But each form is the whole supreme personality of Godhead. He has simultaneously many, many forms, but they are none different from each other. 
He does that in order to enter relationships with many devotees. And so he is non-dual, ananta. He won without a second. Advaita. That means also that everything that we see is also Krishna. At the same time, he's the supreme person. This this world is also his energy. So it is also divine. Of course, we do not see it this way. As long as we are in this world, trying to hustle up some sense gratification, trying to exploit material nature, then we are covered by Maya. But if the veil of Maya is removed, we will see that Krishna pervades everything. That he's also in his heart. He says, With one part of myself, I sustain this entire creation. He doesn't have to work to maintain this world. He just does it as the Paramatma. So, but this world, because it's Krishna's energy and is related to Krishna, it's also divine. So, so here's, here's a, a, a koan. Here's a, something you should understand. Nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. Or to put it another way, there's nothing but Krishna. Yet nothing is Krishna save and except his own primeval personality. This is, this is called Achincha Beda Abeda Tattva, the teaching or the principle of inconceivable oneness and inconceivable difference at the same time. If our mundane minds won't uh, uh, grasp it, that's fine. Is, you think God is so easy to understand? But if we purify our minds and spiritualize our lives, it will become clear. We will see that way. We will see that way. That nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. So this is Advaita Machuta Manadim Ananta Rupa. There's avatars, these different forms of Krishna that are coming down. Adyam Purana Purusham. He is the first and therefore the Purana Purusha, the oldest person. Purana means very old. Or you think, oh yeah, right, the guy with the white beard? Novayovanamcha. But he's like a teenager. Do you think he gets old? Everybody knows after you're 18 it's downhill. <laughs> so that's the best age, 16, 17, like that. That's his. So he, although he is the oldest person, he is an ever-fresh youth at the same time. And we see that in Krishna's Leela. Vedeshu uh, Dulabha. Uh, he is very difficult to understand simply by studying the Vedas. This is called esoteric knowledge or confidential knowledge. It's not available to everybody. They may read and study the Vedas and still not understand Krishna, or only with difficulty. After many, many lives of studies, they can finally rise so high to understand Krishna as he really is. So he says, Vedesh Durlabham, but Adurlabham Atma Bhaktam. But easy to understand by pure devotion of the heart. 
So devotion is the way. And Krishna says this in the Bhagavad Gita. Also, the ultimate teaching of the Bhagavad Gita is Sarvadharman Prityaja. There's give up all varieties of Dharma. Mame Kamsaranambraja. And just come to me exclusively, take shelter of me. So in the Bhagavad Gita, if you study this little book, uh, you'll discover that in that book, Krishna conducts a fast survey course on all the Vedic dharmas. And then he concludes, but all these dharmas are just a way of searching after me. He analyzes each one and shows if you really follow it out all the way, you understand it thoroughly, you come to the conclusion, you come to me. So he's saying to Arjuna, but you can make a quick work of it, and you can come to me directly by becoming my devotee. And if you worry that in doing that, you'll commit some mistake or, or uh, forget something, don't worry. I'll take care of you. You're under my protection. So this is Krishna's uh, 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 promise. So this is why it is important uh, to understand Krishna uh, as it is. Uh, it, it, it's both very simple and very, very hard to understand at the same time. And to understand Krishna, we have to purify our hearts. Being Having a pure heart is a matter, of course, of morality, of good and bad, but it's also a matter of knowledge and ignorance. It is only through pure consciousness that the Lord will appear. People are going all over the place, very highly educated people saying, there's no God, I can't see God, where's God, and so on. They can't see because they're not following the right process. They've rejected their traditional religions and moralities of the past, and yeah, we're just going to figure it all out by ourselves, and God disappears from view. So it's, uh, as we say in philosophy, it's also an epistemological issue. How can we see God? How can we perceive God? Actually, we can't see anything without God seeing it first. We should know. God is the one that makes our eyes blink. God is the one that makes our brains think. God is the one that makes our hands move. Everything we do and say and hear and think, God is present. Why don't we see Him? It's our ignorance. We are covered by ignorance. And the cause of that ignorance is unnecessary sense gratification. We're trying to exploit the resources of material nature in our own God project. You notice we have God projects. We send a little one rocket ship up in space. And what are we trying to do? What's the phrase? Remember? Conquer space. Just think about that for a minute. Conquer space? One little dot out there in the middle of nothing and we're going to conquer space? <laughs> Who do we think we are? So this is the project of pride. And that knowledge is the product of pride and it will do a great deal of harm. Real knowledge is the product of humility. To bow down before Krishna and understand Him as He directs. So I just want to remind you of these things. I think it would also be a good idea just to say a few things about... <laughs> There's a, a lot of 
The whole 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam simply describes the appearance and activities of Lord Krishna who appeared 5,000 years ago. Sukadeva Swami begins talking about it in the ninth canto and then he picks it up again and describes more. We're going to uh, close the deities for a while for an offering, some fresh garlic. We'll see them again at midnight. In the in the tenth canto, the first chapter, which is, describes the advent of Lord Krishna, so it explains uh, here. How, how that appearance actually began. So it says, once, I'm reading, uh, starting with text 17, 10, 117. Once when Mother Earth, Bhumi, was overburdened by hundreds of thousands of military phalanxes, meaning divisions, military divisions, of various conceited demons dressed like kings. Isn't it funny how so many demons can sometimes appear like politicians? I wonder why that is. Huh? So basically, they said they're dressed like kings. Huh? Uh, so, Earth, with Earth, so she's, it's the burden. Earth feels burdened. So she said she approached Lord Brahma for relief of this burden. Mother Earth assumed the form of a cow. She took the shape of a cow. Very much distressed, with tears in her eyes, she appeared before Lord Brahma and told him about her misfortunes. Thereafter, Having heard the distress of Mother Earth, Lord Brahma, with Mother Earth, Lord Shiva, and the other devas, approached the shore of the ocean of milk. So it's a, you know, from one higher level to a level of authority. She goes to Brahma, who's the Demiur, the creator of the earth, tells him the problem. And he consults with the other devas like Lord Shiva and so on. And together they decide they better approach Lord Vishnu. Uh, who, uh, Shiro Dakshai Vishnu, somewhere in the universe, there is an ocean of milk. And Vishnu is lying on that ocean. Shiro Dakshai Vishnu. So they approach the shore of this ocean of milk. After reaching the shore of the ocean of milk, this is called a delegation, right? They said a delegation. The devas worship the supreme personality of Godhead, Lord Vishnu, the master of the whole universe, the supreme god of all gods, who provides for everyone, 
and diminishes everyone's sufferings. With great attention, they worship Lord Vishnu, who lies in the ocean of milk, by reciting the Vedic mantras known as the Purusha Sutta. So here, Lord Vishnu is called, I thought this was very interesting, Jagannatha, the master of everything, Jagan, the creation, the lord of the universe, Jagannatha. Uh, and Deva Deva, the gods themselves have a god. That's Vishnu. He's not one among many, but he is Deva Deva and Jagannatha. So that's why the form of the Lord we have here in our middle altar is Jagannath. While in trance, the Lord Brahma communicated across the expanse of the ocean by meditation. So it says, while in trance, Samadhi, while in trance, Lord Brahma heard the words of Lord Vishnu vibrating in the sky. There's just voices, a voice in the sky. Thus he told the Devas, O demigods, hear from me the order of Shirodakshayi Vishnu, the Supreme Person, and executed attentively without delay. So the voice is kind of like an unseen messenger who is conveying to them. Hear his order. And so then Brahma says to the Devas, before we submitted our petition to the Lord, he was already aware of the distress of the earth. Consequently, for as long as the Lord moves on earth to diminish its burden by his own potency, in the form of time. All of you Davids should appear through plenary portions, your own expansions, as sons and grandsons in the family of the Yadus. So the Lord is going to appear in the Yadu dynasty. You come first. You take birth there. So you can help him out uh, when he's going to perform his pastimes. Then he says, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, who has full potency, will personally appear, shakshat, directly, as the son of Vasudeva. Therefore, all the wives of the devas should also appear in order to satisfy him. So they're also coming. So their way is being prepared for the advent of the Lord. And then he says, the foremost manifestation of Krishna is Shankarshana, who is known as Ananta. He is the origin of all incarnations within this material world. Previous to the appearance of Lord Krishna, this original Shankarshan will appear as Baladev, just to please the Supreme Lord in his transcendental pastimes. So later on, when Kamsa hears that uh, the eighth child of his sister, Devaki, will kill him, 
The seventh ch child to appear in the womb was Balaram. But then by Yogamaya, who comes next, uh, he was transferred to the room of Rohini. This is in his uh, uh, pastime. So here he mentions, Lord will appear first, who's called here Jagannath, and then before he comes, Balaram. And then uh, uh, Brahma says, the potency of the Lord, Vishnu Maya, the potency of the Lord, known as Vishnu Maya, who is as good as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, will also appear with Lord Krishna. This potency, acting in different capacities, captivates all the world, both material and spiritual. At the request of her master, she will appear with her different potencies in order to execute the work of the Lord. That is, appears as Subhadra. Subhadra, who you see between her two brothers, uh, Krishna and Balaram, she is the Lord's Yoga Maya potency. Uh, 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 when she deals with the spiritual energies of the Lord, when she makes arrangements for the Lord's pastimes on earth, and when she also works in the spiritual world, she's called Yoga Maya. When she deludes people by her mystifying potency, she's called Maha Maya. So she has these two aspects, one or the other. She can reveal Krishna and she can conceal Krishna. People who want to make their own God projects, when they want to say, I am the greatest, she conceals Krishna to let them try it out. To those who want to surrender to Krishna, she acts another way to reveal him. Prabhupada used the example, electricity is one kind of energy. You hook it up one way, it makes things cold. You hook it up another way, it makes things hot. The same energy acting in different ways. So the same yoga maya potency, she can reveal and she can conceal. So here on our altar, you will see Lord Jagannath uh, and Balaram and Subhadra, who were invoked in this way, in order to immediately announced in this way by Lord Brahma. Krishna says he appears once in every day of Brahma. So he, can, he comes in every millennium, in every yuga cycle. But this appearance is exceptional. It only happens once in one, the period of 1,000 yuga cycles. Because as Krishna, Krishna reveals, the Lord reveals his private, most intimate life. Uh, where he doesn't appear in majesty, but rather with his sweetness. Normally the Lord, his majesty over, overwhelms his sweetness. But as Vrindavan Krishna, his sweetness overpowers his majesty. And therefore, the more intimate relationships of devotees are developed. After all, people bow down and he has a relationship with people who serve him in awe and reverence. But he also wants more intimate relationships. You can't stop him. So in Vrindavan, he causes his devotees to forget that he's God. And they just love him because he's so wonderful. He's so sweet. 
He's so delightful. He's so beautiful. He tells jokes all the time, and they're always new, and each one is funnier than the other. He's, one of his names, you know, Krishna's names in Vrindavan, is Hashagrami, the village clown. So he also has a sense of humor. Now, all these things uh, are seen in relationship to Krishna. So that's why we have Radha and Krishna. And on this altar, we have Lord Chaitanya and Nityananda. They appear, Krishna appeared, uh, Lord Chaitanya is Krishna, and Nityananda is Balaram. They appear again. They come whenever Krishna appears, that yuga cycle where Vrindavan Krishna appears. And then Krishna comes again in the guise of his devotee. And as a devotee teaches how he is, can be worshipped so that we also can understand, appreciate, and enter into his Vrindavan pastimes. This is a rare opportunity, and this Janmasmi, we should take all advance, we should take all advantage of it. So please take this to heart. And just wherever we people are situated at the beginning of Krishna consciousness, at the middle, at some are advanced, some some are not so advanced, some are just beginning, some are, that may be. But wherever we are, all we should do is try to become a little better, to take the next step, to show Krishna we are interested. And as we show here, we are taking a little movement toward him, then he will also take six steps. For every one step we take to Krishna, more than six, he'll take ten steps to us. Maybe a hundred steps. He's very merciful. So we should just try to uh, cherish Krishna in our hearts, understand uh, his message in the Bhagavad Gita, and take full advantage of the opportunity Lord Chaitanya, who gave it the simple method of associating with Krishna by chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And with that chant, we will also welcome him this evening. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.